Hello, and welcome to Not Our First Rodeo, a podcast on faith and life by Christian women who have collectively made every mistake in the book. This is a Titus 2 podcast by King of Kings PCA, and we hope this episode is edifying to you as you continue to grow in holiness. This is episode 14, and we're so glad that you're joining us today. We have Gail, Kara, and Linda here with us today, but before we begin, I wanted to open with an excerpt from Rosaria Butterfield's book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. She writes, Let God use your home, apartment, dorm room, front yard, community gymnasium, or garden for the purpose of making strangers into neighbors and neighbors into family. Because that's the point, building the church and living like a family, the family of God. We hope that this episode encourages you to use what God has given you right now to serve those that he has placed around you. So let's get started. Today we are covering the topic of hospitality, which is a biblical concept, and it's much different than the hospitality industry that we see in the world, which is something we pay for, right? Hotels and concierge and all that kind of thing. But the Bible is talking about something specific when it's talking about hospitality, and actually it's a mandate for us as Christians. So I have with me here Kara and Linda, and ladies, what do you say about that? Well, I think first and foremost, we need to remember that God commands hospitality, Mm -hmm. and we see hospitality throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, Abraham, you know, killing the fatted calf when um, the three men just show up unannounced, right? It wasn't a planned event. He hadn't issued invitations. Excellent. I think that's important to remember a lot of times when we're commanded something. We have to remember that those are usually the places where we're going to be required to pull from ourselves and not give to. Um, And I think that's a good distinction when you're commanded to do something that you remember that it will require it you will not receive typically it's not it never happens but that's not uh that's not the end of what you're doing is to get something out of that moment in any of our commands from scripture yeah and biblically hospitality in a very narrow sense is you know loving strangers with your resources right we don't have the same kind of culture you know where people come in and know which houses are open But we can cultivate that in our culture. It might look a little different. But that's why I think it's important to realize, okay, yeah, we have our friends over, and that's a way to encourage saints and things like that. But also inviting new people from church over, I think that would be a modern-day application of that. So how does – now, Kara, you you touched on this. You said that hospitality, you know, it it costs you something. It does. Right? Well, the root of that word comes from the same place as hospice, hospital, um, and those are just hard tasks. If you think of what a nurse is doing, she is giving hospitality. She's giving care. So it's not that you're giving someone a meal or you're giving someone a good time. You're actually giving them care, and the Bible talks about us welcoming. So we use our homes to welcome, Mm -hmm. to give care in many many different ways that plays out but uh it the bible calls us to do this without grumbling Mm -hmm. and i think that when we start thinking about entertaining 
or throwing an event, we can grumble because that is about us doing work for some purpose mm-hmm. that comes back to us. Whereas hospitality is just giving. And if, you, if you're thinking of the care of that person, you're going to grumble less. It's sort of like when you pray for your enemies, you, you hate them a little less. You know, someone that you may, is maybe not your best friend coming over for coffee just to gab, hospitality is to give care so that this person feels welcomed in some way closer to Christ. Yeah. And that's, we are the means that that happens through. Right. And don't you see, and we, we talked about that before we started recording, we were talking about, we'll cover this in another episode about, you know, critiquing every, we're in a culture of everyone critiques, you know, entertainment, worldly entertainment sets itself up for critique because entertainment and hospitality have two different goals. Very different. So like you said, Kara, hospitality is talking about caring for someone with your resources, mm-hmm. most obviously your home, but anything that's an extension of that. Entertainment is about what kind of show you put on, mm-hmm. you know, who made the best food, who had the best drinks, whose house, you know, right. is all up to date. And I remember thinking that when I had my first apartment with Doug that, you know, it's not very big. I don't think we can show hospitality. My mom corrected me. She said, there is not a house too small mm-hmm. that you can't find somewhere, you know, somehow. Right. To invest. So we started doing it, you know, and yeah. extending it outside and things like that. So two different goals, right? right? We want to care for people and love people that God sends our way. And he said one way to do that is through hospitality. I think, especially in a a culture where we're expecting to get something, it's really important to remember this distinction. I I wasn't very good at this, the hospitality part, when I was a young Christian, but I was very good at the entertainment. I grew up Mm -hmm. in restaurant industry. my, My family all did this. So you're yes you are supposed to do something these people are paying good money you better put on the very best it is a stressful moment it does require uh, an extension of energy that wears you out and tires you (laughs) and Mm -hmm. maybe makes you frustrated but that is a job Um, and so hospitality is different it's sitting it's visiting it's calming down and I, I had to really watch myself when I would have something we use our home a lot for events and hospitality and if I can feel myself getting stressed or frustrated I know I'm working I'm not serving mm-hmm. and uh, that is that's been really important for me to learn I, I have to am I visiting with people are you sitting down yes. and just chatting um, right because if you're in the kitchen all the time right? you're you're not serving your guests very different things. so one thing I learned years ago again my mom was really good at hospitality is I do like 90 percent of everything beforehand. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So by three o'clock, I got people coming over at five. Everything's done that I can do except for those last minute things. And there's so many things you can do ahead of time. Right. You know, and so that helps me. Be, and I don't clean up when they're there. Right. Now, some people insist. They're like, no, we're doing this. And then I visit with them while we clean. Yeah. But I just think, you know what? I can stay up and get it done or I can do it in the morning. Mm-hmm. It defeats the purpose. Yeah. If we're cooking and then cleaning in the kitchen, and never can talk to our guests. I received some amazing hospitality coming up in the church. And one of my favorite moments still, one of the most touching moments, is a woman um, invited me over for coffee, just to visit. And she had an area where the kids could play. She didn't let the kids play in their bedrooms, but she let everybody bring out toys and junk so we could still you know, keep an eye if we needed to yell at someone. <laughs> 
Um, and we were both young. We didn't have massive amount of resources. We weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination. And she literally just pulled out iced tea, mm-hmm. cheddar cheese, and Ritz crackers. And that was what we ate. She didn't... It, it's natural to her. She definitely had developed learning how to keep stuff in her pantry and having certain mm-hmm. staples. And that's helpful to have those things so that you are ready to open your door whenever. That's right. But, I mean, we live in a culture where people duck when the door, door knocks or the door the Man, doorbell. So Pashton Manus Calco <laughs> yes. does a great yes. comedy spoof on and that. And I, yeah. I think our culture definitely has that different. You know, my grandma did keep the Entenmann's for the company. My mom always, always <laughs> kept a frozen Sara Lee pound cake in the freezer because Just if someone came, you could cut it and it was thawed in like yeah. and 10 it might minutes. be three months that it's been in the freezer, but she's ready yep. to serve you. And that, it was the simplest thing. It was calm. It wasn't, well, let me go make, let's go order. I have to go shopping. There was no expectation. She had definitely developed a discipline of having things ready, yeah. be ready in season and out of season. But that was the the sweetest fellowship. Mm. And if you don't have fellowship in hospitality, you're not being hospitable. It is something else. It's something else. Good. Well, and I think it's important to remember that being hospitable means being welcoming. And that doesn't necessarily mean having someone in your home. Sometimes it's someone calling you who needs to talk for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and you're willing to put down whatever you're doing and spend that time with that person you're you're it's it's not just in our home it's at the grocery store it's at the doctor's office it's telling someone Mm -hmm. right now you're important yeah and it's loving people with your resources Mm -hmm. i mean if you pare it down to the very bottom and you know there's some people who maybe wouldn't want to come to our homes or sometimes people because in our culture really the only time people have people over is it's their close friends or whatever mm-hmm. you know we've had neighbors who we've had over a few times and like they never asked us back so maybe we didn't behave maybe Doug didn't behave I don't know <laughs> but let's blame Doug let's Doug. blame him he's not here so um but they have people over all the time. I hear them having barbecues, and I could tell it's always the same group of friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they're not Christians. I don't, it, it's fine. But, you know, ours is to extend past our tight circle, right. and it's a way to bring people in. Um, it's an extension of us. So, yeah, Linda, like you were saying, we could say there's someone new, but maybe they live far and couldn't come to your house or whatever. You could take them for coffee, or mm-hmm. maybe you have a spouse. Who's like, no, I don't like having people over. Well, we need to be careful with that too, right? right. But you could plan a picnic lunch and invite a mom and her kids. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different ways to do this. So it can, it's as creative as the Holy Spirit. Right. right. Talk to me about how you see hospitality and evangelism working together. For me, I think that's just another part of everyday Christian life. So if you are a person who is just living with the mindfulness of the presence of Christ and the sovereignty of God in your life, you have those conversations. So it shouldn't be any different or prepared than any other time in your life, but being able to sit down and just calmly have a conversation. If Christ is in you, he will also come out of you through your mouth to someone else. Mm -hmm. So um, that's looked different from having non-believers in our house. Chris works in a field with 
a bunch of roughnecks, and I don't know if that's an offensive term anymore, but they wouldn't care. Um, yeah, they're not offended. They are not offended. Other by people that. might be offended for yeah. But these are rough men and rough families. And our kids, you know, yes, they were homeschooled, but they've never been able to be sheltered little homeschoolers because we have let the foul mouthed guys come over and we've yeah. fed them dinner. And every one of them knows where we stand. And so we have had opportunities to share the gospel. I want to say almost every time, some in some, some way, way mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. comes up. If it's down to what does that big old word up there mean? I have the word redeemed in my front living room. You explain it, or you know, what? Why do you have these verses around? What? What are these for? You get to explain it. So there's in your home, it's different because your home, you've put that on your doors and lentils, mm-hmm. and so there's just conversation that seems weird to them, and so it, it brings up a, a good opportunity. But, um, yeah, it's looked to very formal conversations about the gospel to just natural portions, just pieces of the gospel. Right. And you try to get in the most important parts (laughs) that just answer the question, don't feel rehearsed. Right, right. Because you don't want people to feel like, oh, they invited me here to be their project to get me to come to their church or whatever. It's like, no, I want to know you and love you. Um, As God's creation, you have something to offer me, a a dignity and a gift and... So we've almost important. purposefully never invited someone to church the first time we've had yeah. them over or met with them. Just sort of on purpose. Kinda, I don't know if that's the best way to do it or not, but we just have, you know, we never want someone to feel, and this is like Linda was saying about the welcoming. We never want someone to feel like we are trying to work you over or how you're, right. you're my project. They don't know church life. And so they don't, I mean, for all they know, I remember thinking, do you guys get points or something? For having yeah. us, come, like the more people you get, you to get. Church, yeah. I mean, I didn't know I had no concept of church life because I wasn't from that world. And remembering that hospitality really is two worlds that are completely opposite, mm-hmm. lived completely different with ways, smooshing together for a moment. Well, and I think it's important not to invite people with the goal of, mm-hmm. you know, imparting the gospel. because number one it can feel manipulative Mm -hmm. and people know when they're being manipulated and they don't like it I don't (laughs) so that is a turn off the other thing is that I mean Paul in Corinthians talks about you know someone plants someone waters someone harvests it's not that it has to be all done at one time, nor does it have to be all done by one person. And ultimately, it's God who saves. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off the person offering the hospitality. Oh, for sure. It is not about you. Uh And only a portion of this will probably be done by you. So you can really um, just take a load off. It's not, I mean, we just put so much pressure on ourselves that we have to like, land that yeah right you know it should just not be the goal and I appreciate you saying that Linda um probably everyone's familiar with the book the gospel comes with house key is that how it's called it's called yes Yes. by Rosaria Butterfield um and there's other books that are really good on evangelism We, we recommend that one and it tells the story of a woman who was an atheist and very hostile to the cross who her neighbors just took her in on a regular basis and invited for dinner and 
they never brought anything up. I think they waited till she asked questions. And over time, it developed a relationship where she received Christ. And I had that happen a long time ago before I was married. I had a friend, Laura, who I worked at United Airlines with. And um, single, I, we were one of the few single people there. But anyway, she was not a believer and pretty, like, she was involved in a very legalistic system. Um, but she came over all the time. And my mom and dad were very hospitable. And uh, so she spent the night often at our house. She was there for dinner three or four times a week. Um, we took her on vacation, you know, all those kind of things. And she, it, you know, became a Christian, married in the Lord. Her husband died. And now she's been single like 25 years and she's getting married again to a Christian man. And so, you know, it, those things are encouraging when you look down. It's not because my mom and dad were nice to her, but I really do think that kind of, fertilizes the soil, you know, for people to feel loved. So I think, too, it's a dying art, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so even among Christians. Yeah. So let's cultivate it. Let's teach it to the women yeah. that we are working with as well. I feel like there's this, uh, there's this pastor that says that we live in a backyard society, that people mm. drive into their house, pull into their garage, shut the garage door before they get out of the car, and that we live in our backyards. And so he was really challenging people to how you know this is our culture it is that way so what can we do to to start to bring our backyard back to the front mm. you know we used to see kids playing in the street and yelling car when the car was coming and moving mm-hmm. all their little toys out of the way and we just don't see that anymore and I don't know if it's safety or we've just become so uh, insulated insulated that's a good yeah. one yeah and it's, I think it makes it a challenge we definitely are a backyard culture I mean, we need to get out. (laughs) But if we don't do this, even if it's a hard thing, then we are neglecting to do what Deuteronomy 6 says to teach them. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not, they won't know how to do this thing that is a Christian thing to do. It's countercultural to do this. And it's, it's not the world's way. And that's why the world's not doing it anymore. They don't get anything out of it unless it's entertainment. But the Christian is supposed to be passing this legacy of care and welcome on. And if we don't do it, even though, yes, it requires time and you might have to sweep or vacuum, you know, before someone comes over or, you know, you might have to yeah. learn new skills that you don't have. It, 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 but it makes us not better Christians. It makes us deeper Christians to do this. Well, it's a, it's a sacrifice yeah. in some ways. You know, so let's combine that with some hindrances to hospitality because you know I know there are women who feel like they drive their whole family nuts <laughs> before someone comes over yeah. because every little thing has to be cleaned and shined and I think we're missing something if that's our goal if yeah. we are so nervous that everything it's okay to have people over and your meal flop mm-hmm. it's okay to have someone over I mean we had some good life I served this flan once that I looked around the table as everyone took a bite and they're literally just like gagging in their mouth. So I thought, well, I better taste this. So I did. I was like, oh no. And I said, you guys, that is horrible. Do not eat that. I think I have some ice cream somewhere. And everyone laughed. Yeah. And so for like weeks afterwards, they made fun of me. That's fine. That's all fun, right? But we can't be too sensitive with those things. And you know what? If we're being that nervous, pare it down. Yeah. Do like soup and bread or chili and you know cornbread yeah make it easy so that 
what we were saying, the focus isn't on... Run to Costco, get some frozen pizzas. You have no... I mean, just... That's right. As much as you... As it depends on you make peace with all men. So know your limits, know what you can do. It's not a huge big deal if someone has to tell you that they didn't have toilet paper in the bathroom and had to figure out other things. (laughs) That's happened to me before. (laughs) You know, I had a young girl that... Or young woman who invited me over and I went in and had to use tissue because she was out of toilet paper and she called me later she goes you didn't tell me and I'm like and look it all was fine (laughs) it all worked out yeah I have soap I have a bathroom it's fine you know it the pressure to be perfect and put on these shows it yeah it's awful and it's not honest it's not you know it's it's okay if you don't have every single resource available right we're not a restaurant we're not. We're not. I, spa. Chris and I. Chris and I were so broke when we were first married and having kids. My side table for my couch was an old diaper box that was covered with a sheet, and we still had people come over. You know, yes, you should have a clean house as much as God has given you. Yeah. Take care of that space. If you have a one room loft, we just had great hospitality offered from a young girl in our church and you know she lives in a one room yes. one bedroom apartment and it was cute it and was so fun she worked hard and she yes, did a good job and she did good yeah. did she bake sit there and bake for four days to do everything no she just ran up to the store and grabbed some staples pretzels brownies you know things and mm-hmm. it was sweet that she wanted you to feel welcome mm-hmm. in her home and you know and we had a great time yep if we're talking about the same person you weren't there so okay it was your daughter <laughs> Oh, my daughter. Yes. And she has yeah. a very small apartment. Yeah. And she gave me the most comfortable chair for the old lady in the group. And it was great. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of Abby time. recently. We oh, had, Abby too. Um, and, and, and I'm so glad you brought that up, the young people, because I think they're starting to get yeah. the vision that, you know what, whatever we have, we're going to share mm-hmm. with, you know, for the kingdom. Right. And so uh, another young girl, I think she's barely 20, had us over for dinner and made, you know, delicious Mexican food. We played games. We laughed till we cried. I mean, um, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Usually women twice her age mm-hmm. wouldn't take that on. Yeah. And I commended her. I said, you know, this is God's spirit working in you to love others. And I, I think she's going to do it again. Yeah. Let's talk about some other hindrances. What if you don't have any money? Oh, then you do potluck. Excellent. I mean, <laughs> Every, you can have it. Right. You can ask someone to bring things. You can, yeah. you can make it small. Cheddar cheese and crackers. I know you can get those at the dollar. Not cheese, but the, you know, crackers you can get at the dollar store. Um, even just telling someone, I would love to have served your meal, but I just it's not in our budget right now to do that. Or, when we were young, married, we could not afford to. We lived very budgeted. We fed three little girls. We couldn't afford to feed four other kids and two more adults. So you just ask them to bring something, and you bring something, and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's basically you're, they're taking care of their family, and you're just using your house, you know? Yep, and you can have so much fun mm-hmm. without oh. worrying about that. I had a friend who didn't have a lot of money for a while, but she always practiced hospitality, and she would get brownie mix, this was a while ago, for a dollar. And so once can. a week... Yeah, she would have someone over for brownies and maybe make popcorn or a movie or we do games or whatever. And it it was so fun. No one worried about a meal. And, you know, if people are coming over and critiquing what you serve and, you know, then, you know, that's on them, between them and God. Right. But we don't, whatever we have, I think we have to cultivate that. We have to share. 
Right. You know, and it's not just the food, right? Your house will get damaged. It's just... Could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, we'd have, we've had shelves ripped off the walls and, you know, some had, really permanent damage done. We had a kid take a some object that was sharp to the top of the piano. <gasps> yeah. No. So you're risking that. Yeah. I have to remind myself, you know, because we just updated some things as, you know what? This is going to burn. Once I'm dead, no one's going to care. Yeah. So you know what? Let's, God's given you all these things. Use it. But that doesn't mean there's still a stewardship issue. Oh, you know, right. I don't think your kids need to share every toy with people who come over. No. If there's things that are valuable that other kids don't respect, they should share something. But mm-hmm. it's okay to put that on the shelf and say, no, that yeah. doesn't come down right now. I think it's completely okay to not even allow the, your children's rooms to be an area of play. Let's talk about children's <laughs> rooms when it happens. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times you go in there and you have no, I mean, I, it's not bedlam, but it a lot of <laughs> trauma can happen in a two-hour window of being hospitable. And your kids are, sometimes they're young, I you know, and they, they are trying to, trying to, you're trying to teach them to hold lightly to everything they own too, but they hold a little tighter. Then you <laughs> want them mm-hmm. to do certain things. And they do have their special toy or this, the thing that was important. And I don't think there's anything wrong with shutting a bedroom door nope. and bringing out everything you're willing to say goodbye to. You know, right, um, right. It's fine. You know, I do this, uh, you know, we are an older couple and I only use glass dishes, but I did that with my kids. So mm-hmm. when, people, when people come over with young kids, I notice they get nervous holding like my glass I'm like it's a cup it's okay it's okay but I break more things than the kids <laughs> I don't know how many spoons my own kids have thrown away and you know that's just why well we only have three left but the, you know that's just life but also I don't want my guest stressed out if you are nervous mm. that your kid is not a glass cup holder here I have, I have a paper cup, cup so it's, you you just want it to be easy and if it's going to stress you out thinking about after like oh they're gonna come in and it's who knows and you're stressing about that close that area off it doesn't make it easy and simple to do that anymore no and some people don't respect that either yeah I have said no upstairs because you know we have firearms and a balcony it's not a place for kids right you know there's no toys up there except for one little closet there's games so I'll bring down games it's more of a safety issue than I don't yeah, you know, kids up and down. But they just don't need to be up there. There's boundaries, yeah. right? And so I was taught that when I was on the offending side of that, Ryan was little, went to someone's house. I never checked the kid's room, and this kid was a little older than him. Yeah, I just thought they were playing there. It was time to go home. Well, they called when we got home. This was before cell phones, and said, "We're really upset that you let Ryan tear his room up, and he didn't help clean it up." And in my head, my first thought was to get defensive, like he's three. But then when it happened to us where every game and puzzle was dumped out in the middle yeah. of the room, then you're like, you know what? We're responsible as the parents yeah. to check wherever our right. kids were. So, you know, here's a little thing. Watch your kids when they're brought to someone's house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that it's a museum or anything like that, but it's a great way to show respect. You sh- people shouldn't have to move everything right. to a company. You know, we should watch the kids. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you, you definitely want to that's also teaching your kids you know that this is someone else's home with someone else's rules and we want to be respectful to them you know what you might like I might let my kids do something in our home that 
clearly I would never. Some people are shoe on people. Some people are shoe off people. Yeah. I don't care. I don't either. You know, but we'll want to, you want to watch those things. Well, we have covered quite a bit. Let's just, uh, and there's so much more to cover. Yeah. Right. But the the encouragement is. a big topic. It is a big topic. Is let's obey Jesus. Let's, he showed hospitality. Remember when he cooked his disciples breakfast? Just outside. Yeah, just outside. <laughs> Come on, boys. Just, you know. And, 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 oh, by the way, catch the fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it says to show hospitality without complaint. Quit complaining. You know, if you have a meal and no one helped you clean up afterwards, so what? You got a chance to serve. Yeah. Right. You know, so we have to kind of. And if you can't afford a meal, have people over for coffee. There's nothing wrong with that. And buy a package of cookies. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's not we make it harder than it is. We make it hard. Just do it, kind of. Yeah. Jesus says that his burden is easy. Mm. And if it shouldn't feel like you're hosting for the president, if you would care. But it just shouldn't feel like that. Right. If if it's the biblical way that this looks. Well, and I think one of the hindrances is social media. Uh, and yeah. mm-hmm. we all think everybody's life is so much more together than ours. And everybody shows these curated homes and these beautifully set tables. And, uh, oh, you know? I know. And we think it we can have be to overwhelming and Joanna. intimidating. Yeah. 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 And those shows are fun. You know, the cooking shows. But strip it down to the bare minimum. This yeah. is our calling from God is to reach out and love right. others through our home and through our resources. And let's end with, what are the blessings of hospitality? You learn to love people better. You, um, it gives you empathy to, to give of yourself for nothing else besides someone else. You can, sometimes it's exactly what they needed and they would have never asked. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, yeah. I think it grows us. It makes us mm-hmm. deeper disciples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It builds community. Oh, excellent. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. We get to know each other in a way that we can't know each other if all we do is say hi at church. That's yeah, right. That's true. If there is something about sitting around a table, even if it's very sparse. There, Doug um, taught on husband. And, you know, I actually have a husband who is gifted in that from the Lord. You know, everyone thinks it's a woman thing, Mm-mm. but Mm-mm. it's definitely not. And... When Katrina hit, and you know you saw the boats going down rescuing people. Now this might sound kind of silly, but I thought it was really good. He goes, "We should look at our dining room tables as lifeboats, because people are being hit by a tsunami, whether it's sin or the hard things in the world, and are listening to them, asking questions. All those things can really, really be a connection. It can be life saving and." I agree, Linda. There are the five, ten minutes you grab at church to chat are wonderful. Totally different having people. They get to. I love to go to people's homes and like look at their books or their artwork, or you just feel like you know them more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you the sit around. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it humbles you in the most practical ways. Like I love it when someone's having to use the guest bathroom, but then someone else has to go, and you let them into your bathroom, and you realize, you know what? My husband's iPad's still in that bathroom. Oh, well. well. Now everyone knows what we do in the bathroom. It just humanizes you. (laughs) It shows you, I don't care how fancy the exterior, everyone does the same stuff the same way all the time. Right. Every day. Amen.
That's a great reminder. Everyone is just trying to make it all work with what we've got. iPads in the bathroom and everything. Thank you for tuning in today, and we hope that you'll come back next time for an episode on discipleship.